Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. Caught by Fernando. You cannot do it any better than that. Welcome back, folks. Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Myself, Nick Kreider, and three-time All-Star, Heath Bell. We're back for another week, and opening day has come and gone. We lost the first one in a blown save, and then we take three from Arizona. Now we uh, get one win in San Francisco and two losses. Uh, Pretty heartbreaking two losses, if I would say. But the biggest struggle that I've seen is that we cannot produce any offense at all. Okay, really quick. Hard, hard, you know, hard struggles. What that we get murdered, or the really good baseball game we lose two to one. Well, we lost two to one, but I mean, pick your poison, right? Your your starting pitcher allows nine runs, or your entire offense doesn't put up any hits and can't produce any runs. Yeah, I mean, it's I I, I think when you get your butt whooped, when your starter gets knocked out in the second inning, gives up nine runs. That's a, that's a miserable loss. Like a two to one game. You're like, okay, you know, if we're there, we could probably see, okay, maybe we did a little bit differently in this situation. If he would have thrown a different pitch, if we would have tried to straight, you know, steal a base or something, we're in that game or whatnot, right. but we were in the game the whole time. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, we still have opening day in Petco park. So yeah, Joe, Joe's got and, the, and the thing is, the is every road trip. I mean, our, it was a successful road trip, I'd like to say. Just San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a winning good. road trip, which is fine. And you want you want to win the majority of your games at home, and you want to um, you want every win. Try to win every series, but on the road, you want to try to play five hundred. That's kind of like the goal. Right. You can play above five hundred on the road because it almost like given that you're going to be five hundred at home. I mean, above five hundred at home, then you're you going to have really good. You also can't drop those series against the worst teams in the division, right? Like Arizona and Colorado. I mean, Colorado's looking good so far, but with, of course, Arizona, you cannot have a losing record against them. And that's what you happened last year. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't lose the games you shouldn't lose. Right. You know, when you're better, like, you know, when we lost to Colorado or even Arizona, it was like, we should be beating these people, especially yeah. late in the season. We had They're not good better. teams. 
Yeah. And it's almost like we just walked in thinking that we were going to win because we were a better team and it just didn't happen last year. But I think yeah. Bob Melvin will help that out. I really do. What do you make of you Darvish? Cause right now it's, it seems like we don't know which you we're going to get from start to start his first start. He goes six, no hit innings comes out because of pitch count, which is understandable. It's the first game of the season, but his next outing, he can't even get through two innings and he allows nine runs. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I'm very unfortunate. I didn't see you Darvish pitch probably because I missed the first five innings. I mean, first five minutes. Yeah. But. His outing was pretty quick, <laughs> but it was, um, you Darvish is a solid pitcher. The thing is, I just don't think he's a, a number one. I think he's a number three pitcher, um, right. on your rotation. He's not a number one. Um, that's the one thing that I kind of worry. I mean, Snell kind of see him as a number one for us, but really I don't see anybody else as being really a number one. And, like, you know, you, when you have like Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's just a name. What name does drives fear in, in you know, our, the, the opposing teams batters? Nobody really. It's like, well, if he's on, he's on, but most of the time he's not on. So, right. I mean, we, everybody was really excited about our starting pitching and I was happy about our starting pitching, but I'm still worried about starting pitching for us. I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be fine. You know, but, you know, the offense is one of those things that, I mean, look at when Tatis Jr. last year wasn't in the in the lineup, our offense kind of slacked. And I yep. don't know why that is. I don't know if, I mean, he brings that excitement, but there's eight other guys hitting. I also believe that when he's in the lineup, there's a lot more stability between which positions players play. Like when he's not in the lineup, you have Kim who's rotating with Abrams, right? And then the outfield's kind of a mixed bag of chips as well. When Tatis is in the lineup, everyone's spots are solidified. And you talk about it all the time. Guys have to play every day to get into a groove. Well, here's the thing is like, you know, I think Abram, great. Like, why didn't he start opening day? Even though I wanted to win that bet and I didn't want to shake my <laughs> goatee. But if he's not there, why is he not playing every day? Why right. is he, you know, at least playing the first, you know, couple days? It's going to be interesting. Is he going to be the opening day starter or are they just going to flip-flop, you know, every day or it's, if you get a hit, do you stay in the lineup? If you don't get a hit, do you not stay in the lineup? Like what's the deal? And, yeah. but you know, it's like the lineup. Um, is Grissom always going to be our leadoff man pro far? Oh, I hope not. He's the least, pro he's the least producing offensive bat we have right now. So like, here's the thing. And I, and I tell kids this all the time, especially when I coach him and I tell my son this, I mean, he, he bats like, you know, fourth and three, four and five is his kind of main spots, but these are pretty, yeah. But here's the thing. If, even when, like, say I was batting him third a couple of years ago when he was 12 and stuff, if he was struggling, I'm going to put you down seven or eight. You're going to get more fastballs, you know, because here's the thing, even in the big leagues, it happens because you respect every big leaguer, but, oh, hey, it's seven, eight, nine. You just got to throw strikes. You're going to get them. You're going to get them out. You know, be careful. This is the heart of their lineup or the top of their lineup. So move them down the lineup a little bit. Get you know, especially early on, everybody wants to get that first hit. They want to get going. And then when you kind of struggle the first week, you start pressing a little bit. I've seen guys do it numerous times. I've seen Adrian Gonzalez do it for, and he's a great hitter. And he almost hit 300 every single year, like a 290, you know, bad yep. career batting average, but guys do it. They do it. And, you know, eventually even Machado, I think when Machado's first or second year, he wasn't hitting well. And everybody's like, don't worry about it. He's a veteran. He'll figure it out. And he did. He ended up hitting 300 or 290, but guys are pressing. Move him in the lineup a little bit. But like I said, going back to it, 
where are all the guys in the lineup? We should have a kind of a set lineup except for two or three guys. And it shouldn't dictate all the time. Yeah. But then, you know, one of our first basemen is tearing it up right now. Sitting almost 400. <laughs> well, the other first baseman who's been playing primary DH, Luke Voigt, is getting on base at a crazy clip right now. I mean, he his, his on-base percentage is like almost 500. He's been walking a lot, which just as good as a base hit to me. Uh, not to me. You don't think so? No. No. It, it, when I'm pitching and I walk somebody, I feel like I made the mistake. Mm-hmm. When somebody got a hit, I could throw a bastard pitch. I could throw a pitch off the ground and the guy hits it. I'm like, damn, how the hell did you hit that? When you walk somebody, it's kind of like, eh, I put them on because I didn't, I, I felt like, like, let me tell this way. I walked Barry Bonds twice. Kind of, I pitched to him. You're not I was the only like, one. <laughs> I'm not going to let this guy hurt me. I'm going to get the next guy out. And I used to get him out all the time. What was your, uh, your lifetime stats against Barry, you know? Uh, oh, for two at two walks. Popped out twice. Wow. One in, Once in San Francisco, one in San Diego, and then one walk either place. And, oh, funny story about take that. take you deep. Nope. So, funny story. Um, Clay Hensley um, gave up the game tying, or the not the game tying. Um, the record tying, right? The record tying home run in Petco Park. The next guy that Barry faced was me and I got him full count. And I do believe I threw a backdoor. Wait, no, I threw a backdoor curveball. We were winning two to one. It was a close game. Threw him a backdoor curveball. I was like, there's, he's not going to hit this out. I'm not going to have him pull the ball. It was a strike right on the black. The umpire called it a ball. I was like, ah, but Ryan Klesko was on deck. I'm like, okay, I get him out. No problem. Struck him out in like three pitches. Sorry, Ryan, if you're listening, but, um, cause I loved watching Ryan play anyway. Um, but pitching to him was really easy, <laughs> <laughs> but so after the game, we ended up winning Trevor, you know, I was a setup guy, Trevor Hoffman, um, pitched the ninth inning. We won, we got, we got the win. I think I got the hold that day. I think it was the seventh or eighth inning and, uh, the press came and, talked to Hensley and then was talking to me and Hey, what was it like facing? He could have hit, hit the record off you. And I said, didn't he just break it off of, you know, clay? And he goes, no, he tied it. I went, Oh shit. <laughs> like <laughs> I seriously thought in my head, like, Oh, he broke it. Okay. No problem. I'm just pitching to him. Not worried about it. And they're well, like, you seriously didn't know. And I go, it. yeah, I literally, I didn't know. I had no, it's kind of like you uh, assuming that you already made the roster in spring training. Yeah. It was literally one of those things. Just like, I'm here to get you out and I want to win the game. I don't, I don't care about all the other aspects. And And, and we got the win, right? Oh yeah, we definitely did. But it was just, I have a bunch of little stupid stories like that. Hey, it's not stupid. Padres fans love that. uh, I just say, I, I, you know, my wife always calls me stupid. So (laughs) I just say it's one of her wives. He fell stories. AKA stupid, AKA dad. Cause I have a lot of dumb dad jokes. Like I'll give you one dad joke. I just, it was great. We went to hamburger joint yesterday and I told my little guy, I just looked at him. I go, Hey, why are the, the, the buns never touch each other. Do you know why? And he just kind of looked at me and I go, because there's beef between them. <laughs> and he just looked at me and was like, stop. <laughs> we appreciate I was it. Like, no. And then somebody heard that joke, one of the other dads, because we were going to my son's game. And he's like, dude, you, you need to stop reading the dad book, 
dad joke books. And I'm like, hey, they got it for me for last Christmas. I mean, you can maybe write one. <laughs> yeah, probably can. <laughs> but speaking anyway. of speaking of beef, though, you've had beef with uh, AJ Preller about the potential trades he's made. But there is a trade that I think he's done pretty well on. It's the Sean Manaya trade. Sean Manaya's oh. first start, he he goes and also does a hitless uh, hitless sheet in his in, in game number two, and then he comes out and only allows two runs against the Giants. It, it, it goes in the stat sheet as a, as a loss, but at the same time, he pitched pretty well. And we needed that pitching depth if Blake Snell was on the IL, if Clevenger's in the IL, and if Hugh Darvish is unreliable. Yeah, I, I it's Sean, right? His first name? Sean Manaya, yep. Yeah, Sean. All-time um, flow, too. Yeah, he's he's got some hair I wish I had. The, the battery, have you seen him and Alfaro together? I mean, that's an all-time duo. That's a shampoo commercial, I got to say. It, it, we Just in San Diego, we should do a shampoo commercial. Whoever in San Diego has shampoo that's made in, in San Diego, call us up. We'll make a, we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll make we'll do a little YouTube video or something like that. But um, he's been a sweet, sweet pickup. I mean, AJ, I, I've never had beef with him or towards him. I've had towards him because I don't like what he does. I think... I think the Padres have had such a good team and he just doesn't, he makes stupid moves. I've just, I, I'm going to say it, but this one I think was a big move. I think it was good. And Sean, I think you're great, but where's Mackenzie Gore? You know, he's, got, he, he's in the locker room now. He's going to make a start here pretty soon. I know, but why didn't he make it right off the bat? I mean, what just happened that we needed to call him up? Well, Blake Snell got hurt. Has he pitched yet? No, he has not. Blake Snell's going to go on the IL on Friday, and Mackenzie Gore will start in his place. No, so but my whole my whole aspect in the long scheme of things is um, he's made some bad choices, right? You know, but you know, it, I it is what it is. I get it. Yeah, I mean, he's a young arm, right? So you want him to keep developing in my opinion. And you have five guys, if they're fully healthy, you have six guys, if they're fully healthy, that could be in the rotation. Right. And, Oh yeah. And there's a couple of guys who are not healthy now. So now he's got to step it up, but we did trade away Paddock as well, who had a really tough game against the Dodgers. I think that was fine though. I really do. No. Oh, yeah. That was fine. We ended up getting an all-star closer in, in Taylor Rogers. Yeah. I think we're upgrading. I think AJ's made some good decisions. I just don't think, I think Sean uh, Manaya. I'm mm-hmm. always going to, I was going to mess up his last name, but uh, Got that one, right. One yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think uh, he's a good pitcher. It can be a great pitcher. And I, I love him, especially well, with the hair and the left hand and just, I yeah. love what Bob Melvin has to say about him just being the ultimate teammate. I mean, he coached him in, in Oakland for the, for his entire career. And I'm sure that Bob Melvin rallied for AJ to make that trade, but he is the ultimate teammate. It seems like, it seems like every, even when he's not pitching, I mean, he's, he's there you know, getting in the, the action when a guy hits a, hits a home run. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I like him. I think it would be fun to be in the locker room with him. He looks like a great guy. Any guys in the locker room when you're playing that kind of resemble his characteristics? Uh, like who was the ultimate teammate for you? The ultimate teammate, Doug Brokell was uh, um, Scott Harrison, Kevin Kuzminoff, uh, Nick Hunley, probably the ultimate teammate for me, to be honest with you. Um, Mike Adams in the bullpen. Big Mike. Um, you know, but I, I think Sean was definitely, I mean, um, David Wells, I think would probably, 
I, 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 I think David Wells is awesome. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think they're probably the same amount, except David was just, you know, he's more, you know, pitched in Yankee stadium and he was at the end of his career. But right. I think just being a great team player, wanted the team to get together and do stuff. I think that's probably the, you know, the way Sean looks right now. I think that's where um, David Wells probably was at the time. Yeah. Older. Boomer, Boomer coming back to play for his home team. And I was just trying to enjoy the last couple of years of his career. I get that. Um, but we're looking forward to the series against Atlanta. Uh, first games back at Petco, Joe Musgrove on the bump hometown kid. They, they scheduled it so he can open up the series. Um, obviously we need to make some improvements in, in our hitting, but what else would you like to see improving wise? Um, I'd like to see, you know, the guys, I feel like it, maybe it's just me as a pitcher, but it looks like they're trying to hit home runs that they're, you know, they're yeah. go out there and make contact. I mean, maybe I'm a pitcher and I'm biased, but it's, it's just, um, yeah, I see hitters and I'm like, why can't you just, you know, try to make contact and make stuff happen? You know, they're trying to kill the ball. Maybe it's just this, this type of generation or whatnot, but Right. That yeah, it's just one of those things. I'd like to see, like to see the hitters with the more contact, I guess you say. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to see more consistency with the lineup, honestly. I think that it's kind of been all over the place, like we mentioned before. And I want I'd to like see to see consistent, like this is my leadoff guy, this is my two-hole. Exactly. This is this. Exactly. And if I mean, if 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 um which you know, oh, gosh, our leadoff guy's not doing it, then hey, let's try somebody else for a game or two. Let's put po- profar there, let's just flip-flop them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Manny started the year hitting in the two hole and now he's hitting in the three hole. I don't know. Just doesn't make a ton of sense, but you know, Manny what? should be in the three hole. Yeah, I he agree. Should be in the three or four hole. I it, do. But, but it could be exactly what you were saying when we started this show a few weeks ago. It's upper management is, is micromanaging things. And there's analytics guys telling Bob Melvin who to, who to start and who to, who to put where. Yeah. I, I really hope that's not happening. It's probably happening, but I, I believe Bob Melvin isn't, is a good manager and he can make those decisions. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he can say something like, Hey, just let me have, let me have, you know, let me be a little bit more free with the lineup. These are the guys I'll play, but these are the, what I want to do. I mean, hopefully Bob Melvin and upper management or cybermetrics guys or whoever they're doing it, whoever's making the lineup is talking. And it's just not like, okay, I'll just do whatever you want me to do. And then I'll try to manage the game the best, best, best way I can. And I think Bob Mellon's good at that, but you know, I, I, you know, I have, a, everybody knows I got a problem with upper management because the last couple of years we we've done really well, but for some odd reason, we just haven't gotten that extra go got over that hump, you know, like everybody asked me in the pandemic year, is this going to mean anything? And I said, well, if we can do it the next two years, if we can get to the playoffs, then it means we have a team. And what happened last year? We didn't do anything. I mean, we started off hot. We could say we had some injuries and stuff. We had a chance to go get Max Scherzer. We didn't do it. We had a chance to go get starters and we went and got starters that people released. Yeah. I mean, Max Scherzer. We had young talent. Why didn't bring up young talent? The the, the Max Scherzer thing for me is that the Dodgers overpaid. They gave up their number one and two prospects for him for a rental. 
right? And if we're not ready to contend for World Series, I'm not willing to do that. That would mean we have to give up C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore. Okay, well, you're not even, you just brought up Mackenzie Gore, and I'm happy for the kid. But if you weren't going to use him last year and he wasn't going to make opening day this year, what was the point? Because if our guys didn't get hurt, then he wouldn't be here. Yeah, he's still young. And then, and then C.J. Abram, Abram, I like it, but we have a future shortstop. I mean, what's the future for him? Put him at second base? I thought we had a right. potential second he, base for a long, long time. He needs time. to start getting outfield reps right now, in my opinion. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Uh, because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, if yeah. he's going to be the future, like he, we want him to be a future part of the Padres like Tatis, why can't we put him in the outfield? Put Kim there, put him in, put him in life left field, you know, like and Kim's at short. And then you want to put him to short two days later, put him at short, have Kim sit, and then put him back on the outfield and see if he can do it. Just stop this one game here, one game there, one game here. You need a rhythm. Guys need rhythms, you know. You know, you get your feet wet. I mean, baseball, if you're gonna hit 300 seven times, you're gonna get out at a 10. You yeah. know, think about it. If you play three games, you're probably gonna get 10, roughly 10 at bats. If you get three hits in those three games, you're batting 300. Yep. So, but, but let's just have him play once every other day. How can you get into rhythm doing that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that if you're, if he's on the opening day roster and CJ Abrams, I, I believe that he needs to be playing every day. Otherwise you're ruining his development. He'd be playing every yeah. single day in AAA or double A, wherever he was going to be. Like there's a, there's a kid in my high my kid's high school team. He's a sophomore on varsity. Great kid. He's a good left-handed bat. And they wanted an extra left-handed bat in the lineup. And because uh, we only have one left-handed bat and there's a lot of righties on the team. He's barely playing. He got to play last night and he went three for three with a walk. And he's kind of the reason that the team won last night. But the thing is, he, he gets a pitch hitting role here and there. Why he is needs, he there? He needs to swing. He needs need to, to go play chances. on JV. If he's not going to play all the time, he's a sophomore. I agree. He, so, and he, the kid's good. The kid's going to be good, but you're not using him right. The co- head coaches, but yeah, that's the unfortunate thing with, with baseball is that the lineup is set. There's not like a ton of room for su- substitution unless you're pitching like with football. Like if a kid is on varsity as a sophomore, and and he's playing football basically he gets the opportunity to go in and out right he can sub in and out as a receiver or defensive lineman or whatever it may be the thing is if he's playing on varsity as a sophomore for baseball it's not like you can interchange him and and just give him a bats whenever you you feel like it so i I agree with you if if the kid's on varsity he should be there playing yeah i mean it's it's one of those things it's kind of like in the big leagues if you're if your guys you know, exactly. And what you were just saying with football, I mean, I was thinking basketball, like, yeah, you can bring them in for basketball a, minute, too, yeah. a little bit, you know, baseball is like, if you're going to be there, at least be the DH, you know? Mm-hmm. So like in the big leagues, I mean, we're talking the big leagues, the biggest show of the game or of, in the world, in your life or whatnot. I just think he should be there. CB Adrum, Adrum, sorry, dude, C, CJ, I'm going to screw your name up. I'm horrible with names. But it's I, such an I easy name, CJ Abrams. I know, but I mess up everybody's names. You should see my some of my teammates. Anyway, <laughs> Nick Hunley, I've screwed that name up so many times too. Um, it's just one of those things that I, guys need to be there. Like, here's the thing: who's going to be your shortstop? Who's going to get the first crack at being a shortstop? 
That's the one thing. If, if Bob Melvin was right here, I'd say, okay, what do we need to do? Or if I'm talking to AJ, okay, who's, who's going to be the shortstop? Are you, what are you going to do? Who's going to have first crack at it? So is Kim going to have first crack at it because he did opening day in Arizona? Oh, wait, the second day in Arizona, he wasn't there. So who's going to get first crack at it? And we won, we almost won the game. You know, we just had a bullpen mishaps, but who, like, who's going to get a crack at it? We need some rhythm. Or are we just going to do this analytics thing every other game? Who's pitching? Who's this? Who's that? Who's this? Then we're not going to win guys. That's, yes. I, I believe the Padres can win. I believe the Padres can win, but they're not going to win doing this. I don't know that any of those guys have actually played back-to-back games. I think they've alternated every single game. They need to get into a groove. And that's my problem. I mean, you're going to have a pitcher go one inning and then pitch two innings later. You know, you got to get into groove. That's why starters, you got to get into groove. As soon as you get them into a groove, dude, he's he's filthy. Most starters. That's why hitters try to get the guys out of a groove pitchers. When a hitter gets up to the bat, get him out of messed up his timing. You know, timing's huge in baseball. It really is. And you playing every day is one of those things that gets you in a groove, gets you in a groove. And, and I think that's one thing we're missing right now, being in the yep. lineup, being knowing you're the two hole guy. I mean, think about it. If Machado's hitting the two hole and he, or he's hitting the third hole, when you're in the two spot and the first guy gets on, you're thinking about getting him over. You're thinking about getting to third. If you're in the third, in third spot in the lineup, you're thinking about getting RBIs. You know, if you're leading, if you're leading off the inning, or leading off the lineup, you're thinking about getting on base. You're not thinking about RBIs, you know, and you're not thinking about home runs. You're thinking about getting on base, creating some havoc. So now think about one day you're a leadoff guy. The next day you're the two hole guy. Next day you're the three hole guy. Next day you're the four hole guy. Seven, you know, if you're in the seven, eight, nine hole, it's about turning the lineup over. Yeah. And guys are pitching you differently too in those spots. Exactly. So now you want our hitters to hit differently, see different pitches, see you, you basically want them to be the best out of all major league baseball. That's what you're trying to teach them to do. Right. How about just being the best athlete they could be, you know, be the best three hole guy, be the best two hole guy. There's a reason the Cardinals were in the playoffs years in and years out, or they won the world series. They or had the roles. Other teams. You had roles, big roles, you know, and now I'm not talking about the Texas roadhouse, you know, butter rolls. Oh, those are the best. Those are really good. Those are the best. Honestly, Texas Roadhouse, so underrated. I mean, the peanuts, the rolls, the steaks are great. Great environment. I used to love going there as a kid. Yeah, I I even went there when I was in San Diego. They have one in San Diego? Uh, It's in Escondido or San Marcos. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I didn't know that. That that, that was me, the kid growing up in Georgetown. So pretty interesting uh i'm, I trying, to, I'm trying to lobby to get one here in georgetown <laughs> yeah i'm sure it'll, it'll come soon very soon probably in wolf ranch if i had to guess uh i want to switch gears really quickly to a player within the division you give praise to his manager all the time clayton kershaw goes Man. seven perfect innings gets pulled out after 80 pitches he what? is so him and rich hill are mm-hmm. the only two pitchers since 1901 to throw seven perfect innings and get pulled out Mm -hmm. and dave roberts did it both times okay so okay let's just talk about clayton kershaw's time okay right do you do you think it was okay because clayton was fine with it so do you think it was okay 
Of course, Clayton's fine with it. Clayton's fine with it because he's a team player and he's going to, he's going to, he's not going to say I'm pissed off at my manager, Dave Roberts. But for me, Clayton is long into his career. He, mm -hmm. he knows, he knows how to go deep. He was 80 pitches in, right? You're saying that he can't get a 10 pitch inning and another 10 pitch inning to go perfect. It's only been done 23 times. Sure. If it was a no hitter, then whatever. There's a no hitter every year. I agree with you, but I, I know Clayton and I know Dave, I think they had a conversation and this is my gut feeling with Clayton Kershaw. He wants another ring. He wants to win a championship. He wants to pitch in 35 games a year and be one of the guys, you know, like they did. And the last couple of years, he's kind of struggled and had some injuries and he hasn't been Clayton Kershaw that we all know Clayton Kershaw, you know, and I think he took it as this is my second outing or first outing. I haven't built up my innings yet. It's first outing, right? Yeah. I haven't yeah. built, haven't built up my, my pitches yet. I want to pitch the whole year. I really feel like that's what he's thinking. Not, Hey, I could do something great right here because I think they talked to each other and said, Hey, do you want to keep going? Or, you know, since you haven't pitched enough, what do you want to do? So right. it's, it's hard to see because I, I see Dave basically having that conversation like Clayton and where Clayton probably said, you know, Hey, I'm probably going to throw 75 pitches a day. He was at 80, like, Hey, at 80, man, you want to keep going, you know, yeah, you know, and have that conversation without having that conversation. And it's one of those things. I mean, we weren't in the clubhouse or in the dugout talking, but they were, they did have a discussion. It wasn't like, what I saw, I just saw some highlights. It wasn't Clayton kind of like looking at him and tilting his head, like, come on, let me, let me finish this. And yeah. Dave going, no. So he's a vet. I mean, he's been there before. He doesn't No, but I could see Max Scherzer do that. I could see Verlander do that. I can see you Darvish, you know, with this interpreter kind of like, no, I want to play. I want to well, pitch. You Darvish did get pulled out with a no hitter, but I mean, he was six innings in. I mean, he, I think he threw like 85 pitches. He was, he wasn't going to complete that game unless he was throwing over 110 pitches. No, I know. And, and, but you could see that he wanted to stay in the game, even though everybody's like, dude, you're going to throw 150 pitches. If you, right. you stay in this the, game, the, the only thing is with Clayton is who knows, maybe he gets out of that game under a hundred pitches. I know. Right? Here's the thing. If I was Clayton, I would stay in the damn game. I really would, but it's, it's just, it's, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's, you know, individual, like, you know, I will tell you in a couple months, if, if a couple months or next year, I will be able to talk to Dave about this and I'll get the true answer. And I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as I know, I'm going to let it, the weeks go a little bit. You can't text him right now about it. <laughs> everybody. I guarantee everybody's texting him right now going, what's going on. And he's either not responding or yeah, like, Hey, you know, or he's just going to give the generic like, hey, he wasn't ready, this and that, where I think if I wait a couple of weeks, a month or so, or when I come out to L.A. and I talk to Dave, I can actually just say, hey, what was going on with that Clayton, man? Like, just, you know, between you and me, like, what was going on? <laughs> and then I'll tell all the viewers. But anyway, yeah, but it's well, just one of those things. There, there are two really good, nice guys. For sure. And, of course. They're, they're, so, they're team guys, and I get it. I, and, if Clayton was sitting here right now and there, I'd be like, what do you think? What were you thinking, dude? Come on. Don't give me the BS. I'm helping the team out. Like, seriously, this well, does not happen. Let me just put this really quickly out there. So 
yes, there is something to be said about his arm. He's maybe not fully ready because it was a shortened, shortened spring training. And this is his first start. And of course, you're on a pitch count. But also, what does that do for a locker room when a player throws a, a perfect game? Doesn't that like spark some momentum into the team? Um, yeah, but I don't want the Dodgers to have momentum. Um, uh, look, I what, don't either. I'm what, just saying, I'm just I don't think it, it doesn't spark. It, it's just a sense of pride that you're a part of it. It's not like, oh yeah, we can do anything. Cause it's, it's, if, if a pitcher strikes out 10 guys and wins the game and he does it three times in a row, that sparks momentum, but not like one perfect game. Because think about it. Some of the perfect games, the last couple of years or well, well, not the last couple of years, but we don't remember who they were or the no hitters. Yeah. And they were on maybe bad teams and just threw a no hitter. And it didn't like, yeah, we had one last year. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was great. It was, it was awesome, but it was, it didn't spark any momentum. Maybe it went the other way. I don't know, but True. it was like, because his next outing, everybody's like, can he do it again? Can he do it again? And you know what? Joe Musgrove almost did it again. His next album, I know. which is pretty crazy. I know. I know. I, I, Joe seems like a great guy and I wish he has a big, great career. I, I, I love Joe. And then, you know what? I think a lot, and you could probably speak to this as well as a hometown guy playing for San Diego. I think when he came to San Diego, every time he played against the Dodgers, he was just turning on a different gear. And every time he was yeah. playing at home, he was, was just like, I'm playing like at, at my home stadium where I grew up watching where my favorite player is Jake Peavy and I'm wearing his number now. Like, it's a, it's a picture pictures are mental, you know? And like, this is a big mental thing. And I think totally mental. That's why I hated the national league West. And I was going to shove it up their butt every single time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like, especially we're in Petco park. Like, I mean, it was Qualcomm or Jack Murphy, but it was like, dude, this is our park. Even yeah. though, you know, you grew up watching another park, but this is our park. Yeah. Nobody's coming into our house. That's kind of the attitude we took, and at least I took. Yeah, we're, really hoping, we're all mental pitchers. Really hoping they extend Joe Musgrove. I haven't heard any talks, but I really do believe that he's probably banking on himself. I think he's he's placing a bet on himself, knowing that he's going to have a good year this year. So they resign him to a big contract. See, I think Joe, I think most of our pitchers, Joe should be a great. He should. We should keep Joe for at least four for sure. Years. They, there's um, a there's a, a mural painted of him in San Diego already. He's a he's a two to three you know starter. He's not your ace, but he's that guy that fans come out and watch. He's that yep. guy that fans love, and you've got to keep that uh, because if you don't keep somebody like Joe, then that core fam fans of the Padres are like, what's what's going on? What, that was one of our favorite players, you know. Yeah. And the Padres so, are known for trading away everyone's favorite players, Adrian. Yeah, Gonzalez, so we hate Joe. Jake. We hate Joe. Joe's yeah, horrible. We, we hate Joe. <laughs> just to keep him there because i really i think joe's kind of like he could be our kind of like our jake Peavy, like our core yep. you know it's like why did we ever get rid of jake Peavy? he was and then, and then when it's all said and done we can retire the number on behalf of both of them yeah it's just it's yeah it's just i don't know what management's thinking anyway. before before we take off i do want to let the fans hear about your bowling experience in Vegas. I don't think they all know. Okay. That, so that here's my, bowler. here's my, yeah, here's my bowling experience. So here's the thing. So Heath Bell that you guys probably don't know, unless you know me personally, is an avid bowler. I actually carry like a 220 average, 215, 220 average. What's your high score ever? Uh, it's like 279 or something like that. Never got a 300, but here's the thing. I grew up at a bowling alley. I was that kid that my whole family bowled for fun and all this. And I learned how to bowl on watching Sunday bowling on like CBS or something like that. Um, used to ride my bike 
to the bowling alley and throw the bowling balls for like five bucks. You can go for like three hours back in the day on Sundays. And um, anyway, not really knowing what I was doing. Okay. Years later, I ended up meeting my future wife at a bowling alley. I was, I was subbing for my dad's league. He couldn't make it because he had to work late and saw a beautiful girl. And that's a different story for a different time. But anyway, we ended up getting married and having some kids, but she grew up in a bowling alley and knows everything about bowling, like different balls, different weights, synthetic balls, you know, all this stuff where I just literally can throw the ball the same exact spot and hard, slow and get in the pocket. So I'm learning a little bit more, but I am not, I'm like not even in pro ball for bowling, but I'm actually a good bowler. Like I can't teach anybody to bowl, but I kind of know the gist of what to do, but they're talking about boards, this and that. So when my wife and I, so it was kind of like funny how we met bowling and she loved bowling and I like it. It's fun. When I retired, I joined a league. We decided we'd join a league together and they have a national tournament. And if anybody's ever watched Kingpin, great movie, you know, McCracken. Um, anyway, he has the Rose ball and they go to nationals. So it's this big tournament for like, I'm going to get this totally wrong, but it's like four month long tournaments, like 80,000 people get in this tournament. Even professional guys get in this tournament. Well, every year it switches. It's El Paso, Texas, Syracuse. This year was in Las Vegas. Next year it's in, in Reno and um, went to Vegas, saw a bunch of people. I know we, you bowl in a, a team event, three games with uh, five guys. So we're four, uh, four bowlers. So one with you, it's co- it can be co-ed. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Then the next day you bowl three games as doubles. You have a doubles partner and then you bowl three games singles. Well, I did horrible the first, first day, you know, I bowled like 170, 160s. The the oil patterns were tough. They're always really hard. Um, Guys that I've seen bowl, you know, three hundreds, three or four times go there and bowl like 120. So it's kind nice. of, I was, it was average. It was respectable. But for me, I feel like if I don't bowl 200, it was a horrible game. That's just the way I am. So, and everybody likes to know, Hey, gambling, when, how'd you do gambling? I said, well, I was up, you know, a couple, I was up about a $1,300. I think it was, but my flight was, uh, my wife got my flights. She actually had a tennis tournament, so she didn't, couldn't go with me this year. She usually comes and bowls, but she didn't come. And then, um, she got like a late flight out on uh, Monday and, uh, it was at seven. And then there was a sandstorm. I got stuck to the, at the airport until 10 30 and we just barely made it out. A lot of people were transferring their flights and I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do in Vegas? Just go spend more money. But anyway, the last day I talked about, I sped up before I went to the airport, I ended up losing the $1,300 I made. I won. So I was giving money away. I, I, you know, I lost all the money that i made. So it actually cost me money. It's horrible. <laughs> you know, if I had my wife there, she probably would have won money, but anyway, she's my, you know, you know where you can win money. Our sponsor betonline.ag. If you go to yeah, betonline.ag right now and put in the promo code, believe B L E A V, you get a free welcome bonus where they'll double your money up to a thousand dollars. So keep that in mind, fans. Keep that in mind, Heath. You can you can make back what you just lost. I might you're, do that. Heath, you're still uh you're still looking for that ever elusive perfect game, that 300. You're gonna get yeah. it someday. 
Hopefully, yeah, so, hopefully Dave Roberts doesn't text you and tell you to, to hang it up. Yeah, I, I actually, Dave's probably going to text me and I'll do it. But the close, I, twice, I've, twice I've gotten almost to 300 the first uh, frame. I got a nine spare and then I got, then I struck out the rest of the time. It's like, man, I'm definitely a reliever. I'm definitely a closer. I'm very good at usually getting three strikes in the 10th. Have you ever started a game in your career? As the only pro? starts I've ever had was in the minor leagues. I was with the Mets. I was our long guy. And they sent me back to start two games um, in the minors to just get some innings. Mm-hmm. That was the, my only starts. And um, so it was in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, both starts. It was like, you know, Monday and then Thursday was a four game series there. And then I went back to the big leagues. The funny part is, I asked the catcher, when do we start warming up? And he's like, I don't know. The game starts at seven. You usually go out there at like 620. I was ready right away. So my next start, I said, what time's the game? The game starts at 705. Let's get ready at seven. <laughs> like, and I still was ready way too early. Like, I'm not a starter, but a lot of guys, when I got to the big leagues, a lot of veterans thought since I could had a good control and I had some pitches that, man, you started. And I'm like, no, I never started. Even in college. I had more innings than any starter in JUCO and Santa Ana Community oh, wow. College than any starter, but I never started a game. I just would literally come in the fifth inning and finish the game, come in the fourth inning and finish the game, come in the sixth inning and finish the game, every game. So we played 50 games a year. I was in like 36, 38 of them. So it was like every game I played, I was like they're our only bullpen. If we were winning, I was in the game. So well, but anyway, get back to bowling. It's so much fun. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should do a podcast next year. You want to go to Reno next year? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about baseball. Let's go to Reno. What's that? Let's go to Reno. All right. It'll be Reno like this time next year. You Sound know, good. we can go to Reno. We can do a whole whole big bit on it. It's about an hour away from Tahoe that we can spend the rest of the day in Tahoe. Yeah. We can get a bunch of fans to come up. I guarantee that I could get some fans to come with us. Love it. Get a little posse. Oh yeah. We travel well. All right. Pods fans. Well, let's get a nice uh, first home series victory against the Braves. Um, Best luck to Joe, Joe Musgrove. And uh, he's we're rooting for you the next time you, you uh, roll some balls. Okay. So really quick. Um, I just want to tell the fans out there, you got to send me texts, send Nick texts or texts, Twitter on Twitter, whatnot. What game should we come to? Should we go to the Dodger game? Should we go, which game? Should we go to um, a visiting game in San Francisco? I really want to go to Petco Park, but let's get together and have a little mix and we can maybe, you know, talk to some fans there and then we'll put it on air. We'll record it and put it on air the next day or that night about it. But let us know what, uh, during the course of the season, what games that we should get together with the fans and hang out and, you know, maybe I'll find like a little pub or a place that we can meet and hang out and have a live show and, and we have everybody talk, do a little pregame thing. So, yes, sir, hit us up on Twitter. What's your, Sweet. what's your, your handle is, uh, at Heath bell 21. Yep. And then it's I'm, really simple. I'm at Nick underscore Crider. Just as simple. So, all right, well, have a good one. Let's until next time. Go pods, go pods, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.